first of all, appreciate you for hopping on our podcast. Uh, we got, you know, myself being a part of this, started this uh, last season, had a blast. And then, you know, of course, you know, my brother on the podcast, Big Trust Levels. It's you know my guy, Mark Ingram, the third, you know what I'm saying? I'm the uh, second. Running back, the son's the third. The, the running back, y'all. He um, said, hey, hey, I'm the second. You mentioned yeah. the third. Oh, no, third I'm, I'm sorry. Bobby's the third. second. Yeah. I'm not going to start this over. No. I don't want to start this over. <laughs> I know who the third is. I know who the first thing. All right, fine. All right. You don't have to start it over. Just keep going. It's too late. It's too late. We can't. We had a hand up bump. I'm going to one take God. That's the first time in 12 episodes. He might be a little nervous. We got the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. You know what I mean? That boy right. got he 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 little he a little off. He a little off right now, you know what I mean? I look, I'm I'm in a different environment and I'm not adapting well. That's my fault. Normally I'm in my office, I'm in with got, my shit. You ain't got, and your, now you ain't got your picture behind you, you ain't got your man. camera, you ain't got your couch, you know well, what I mean? Got, I got a nail of where a picture used yeah. to be. And it is what it is what it is. But anyways, appreciate you coming on to big Trust My Levels podcast. I'm Cam Jordan, New Orleans Saints defensive end, but I do have two legends with me. Of course, my co-host, my brother from another, Mark Ingram, the second, father to the third, son of the first. It's a whole legacy, legacy type situation legacy, legacy. happening on. You know, between him and his dad, they've got so many years in this football game. We're talking about Alabama's first Heisman winner. Did one of these and let him be known he's going to be great. Got to the league and never really looked back. Ooh, my dog Mark Ingram, aka MVI. And then of course we are having the pleasure of having probably the baddest fighter I've ever seen into the UFC sport. I mean, we talk about we talk about a, a man who's a master uh, in jiu-jitsu. We talk about a man who I saw demolish, who I thought was one of the coldest fighters of date, Tyron Woodley, back in 2019. And at that moment, I was like, oh, that boy me a dumb. Appreciate you for coming on, big with Kamaru Dean. See, you gave, you gave him the whole government. You see how he threw that in there? He gave him the whole government. You know, most people don't know that one. Ooh. People don't know that. Delivered by Pizza Hut. Nigeria's champ, you know what I mean? In the building, you know what I mean? Undisputed champion of the world. Not just the city getting jacked by Santa Claus. No, they need security in the world, Craig. No, top flight, you know what I mean? Top Undisputed flight. of the yeah. world, not just the appreciate city. Appreciate you guys, My man. My brother, you know what I mean? From another, so. Yeah, man. Fresh I'm off. I've been seeing y'all, been following y'all for a minute, and y'all, you know, y'all, y'all been doing it. Hey, Mark, I bet Cam don't even remember the first time we actually kicked it. No, I bet he don't. Hey, is that, is that the Vegas night? Is that, nope. is that, is it? Okay. Look, I, Miami, I remember, right? <laughs> I, was like, I remember Vegas night, and then I was like, I, was it Vegas night before or after was Miami? It, was it Miami? Nah, before that. Where was there it? Was a, there was a before? Houston. Super Bowl, Houston. Oh, H-Town Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that was the first time, like, we actually linked up, and we kicked it that night. And, um... That's when we, we kind of got acquainted, we got introduced. And obviously then the next year, I just kind of loosely followed what you guys did over there at the Saints before Mark uh, went over to uh, the Ravens. Then we met, obviously that next year we met in uh, we met Vegas, Vegas night. That's when Francis, we was at dinner, right? And Francis yeah, was there, we met Francis, Francis yeah. tonight. Yeah. And that's when I realized, I didn't realize Francis was, was me with a six pack. <laughs> 
Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people bro, don't see. Like, that. I was like, I was looking at Francis. I was like, bro, like normally UFC fighters just ain't this big, bro. He, I was like, and that's why he be looking like he about to whoop somebody ass because he do. He he looks like he about to whoop somebody ass, bro. What the stat was you was telling me, Kush, about him? How he punched? Yeah, did Fran- the, uh... Francis. He's got the. He does have the Guinness World Record right now for the hardest punch from the sports science. What they did, they said it's. I guess they said it's equivalent to a Ford Escort hitting you at like seventy miles an hour or something like that. Something crazy like that. Ooh. And, and um, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't care what it is. You know, it's a car. If a car hits you at 25, 30 miles an hour, that might be a wrap. Now, if it hits you at seven, <laughs> and especially <laughs> to your head, to the like one to the yeah. you know he, yeah, you've seen him, Roy and some people, Roy yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing with Francis is, you know, like they use the term. I don't know if you guys ever heard it. They use the term "baddest man alive," like the heavyweight champion. Yeah. And in this case, literally, you could say that for Francis is the baddest man alive. Alive. And I know a lot of people might try to put up the debate. Yeah, oh, no, nah, you got boxers, Anthony Joshua, and this and that. But no, boxers, you take them down. Right. What they doing on the ground about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, they doing what, on that mat? What so if you can't Francis, stand up no more? Can't you know stand I mean? up no more. Francis is literally the baddest man alive walking in. Mm. So it's uh, there's no I'm, situation. I'm, I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna defy you. I'm also gonna add you in this combo, though. You ain't too Cam, far off. Cam, 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 listen, Cam, Cam, listen, listen. Let me clarify this for you. Cam, let me, yeah, let me, let me, Cam, let like, me no, clarify like, this for you. He said the heavyweights usually get the oh, title yeah, baddest did, man alive. We already established the pound for pound greatest fighter of the world we have on the podcast right now. So don't get it twisted. He told you the baddest mug alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that goes to like a heavyweight. A heavyweight. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you think about it. You could put him in any situation in the world. Any situation. He could slug his way out. <laughs> He's going to get out. He's going to get out that room. You know. Me, pound, you put, we put a 350-pound dude. You know, they fall on top of me. You know, I might struggle. I'm going to have to struggle. But, but him, he getting out. <laughs> right. For sure, he get now. So yeah. that's why they that's why they give him that title, the baddest man alive, because yeah. he he'll he'll do something with anybody yeah. at any time. And for those of you who are naive enough not to know who he's talking about, he's talking about the Francis Ngannou heavyweight champ of the world, Najai second finest. You know Cam- what I mean? No, he's Cameroonian, bro. He's Cameroonian, but okay. we. Hey. We brothers, we next door, we neighbors. Yeah, Man. yeah. You know that West now, African hey, hey. connection. You know, we we. So we I, it excuse me, excuse me, Francis. I, I love you. Oh, yeah, he, he nah, we, we we love you. We claim him too. Yeah, we claim him too. <laughs> Let me ask you this, man. Y'all, you know, I know y'all so proud of you know being from the motherland, being from Africa, man. What was it like growing up in in Nigeria, man? Where in Nigeria did you grow up, like? I was born in Auchi, Nigeria, which is a, a town in uh, in Edo State, in the state of Edo, in Benin. So, you know, basically village life. You know, growing up, we lived in the village, and we had chickens, ducks, we had goats. You know, a couple of rams, but rams were, you know, if y'all know what rams are, rams, rams. Are, are literally uh, they were expensive. Those were kind of like the more exotic. And then a cow, cow, you got cows, you got money, you bred it up. Right. Those were, those are the elite of the elite. But, you know, we had goats, we had chickens, we had ducks and all of that. And pretty much what we ate, we farmed. You know, it ain't, ain't none of these delicacy, you know, you buy McDonald's, you Wendy's, you Uber Eats and everything, you know, yeah. pretty much what we had, we grew. 
tomatoes we grew, yams and all of that we grew, corn we grew, we had seasons for everything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I grew up. We walked yeah. everywhere. I, I think I, I saw a car, the first time I saw a car, maybe three, four. It's not that we didn't have, there wasn't cars there, there were cars there, but it wasn't like cars going in and out of the village, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, I grew up like that. I walked barefoot everywhere. You know, I stepped on a few nails. I remember that. That's why you be stomp, curb stomping people's feet. That's, like, why, that's why you be curb stomping people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't, hey, don't let them lean on a little bit, boy. You know that, that quick little two-toe. Yum, yum. Quick t- two-toe. <laughs> like, what I you doing? I'll be like, he's stomping his feet. I know yeah. that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, that's, that's kind of how I grew up. And so you, you learn going up from that and then getting to the place where I am now. I'm appreciative of each and everything that I have because... I'm not too far off from that. I don't forget all of, all of that stuff. You know, I, I cherish everything I have now because I know what it's like not to have all all that stuff. Amen. Hey, That's big little. blessings, brother. Big blessings. So, how old were you when you left Nigeria? We got here. I think uh, I was about eight, eight and a half years old. Okay. So we came in. I started school system here in the fourth grade. So fourth what? grade is about nine years old. You moved to Texas. Yeah, moved to Arlington, Texas, which is, you know, the suburbs kind of in between Dallas and Fort Worth. So it's all in that DFW Metroplex. Mm-hmm. I hate that term in Dallas. Like that, DFW. Dallas be like, that DFW. Bro, that's yeah. such a big area. Like, yeah, okay. But listen, listen to this. You come you come down to South Florida, what everybody say, oh, yeah, you live in Miami. Yeah, you live out right. in Miami? Yeah. True, true. Yeah. But now nah, I live in like, Boca. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I live in Delray. I li- yeah. yeah, I live in Boynton. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone just say, oh, yeah, Miami. You know, that's so that's pretty much what they say. Like, you from Dallas? Yeah. DFW. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's like, what yeah, it is. Like, like DMV, like, you know, yeah. you know DC, Maryland, Virginia, DMV. <laughs> Put three states in one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's even worse. At least DFW is like cities. Like, they put yeah. three states. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm from the DMV. Like, which one though? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, I, so I grew up. Yeah, so I grew up in Arlington, which is this kind of like the suburb. And Arlington now is so big to where the Rangers, we got the tech, the Rangers, the baseball team is in Arlington. And the Cowboys just moved the stadium, that big stadium they got. That's in Arlington too. Mm-hmm. So Arlington ain't, Arlington ain't little. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's big. So yeah, I grew up there, um, started the school system here at nine years old. So that was fourth grade. And Went to uh, middle school out there, Barnett Junior High, then went to high school, James Bowie High School, you know, which kind of kicked it off, kicked off the whole uh, evolution of yeah. where I am today. Yeah. I'll say, look, you you being out in Texas, I know, like, you're not you're not allowed to live in Texas as a, as a boy, as a man, and not play football. So I know you <laughs> dabble, at least remember, like, the stadiums they build for high school are better than most colleges, at least in the D2 races, can par with a couple of D1s. Yeah. No, yeah, I, pl- I played, um, I started playing obviously seventh grade. Seventh grade, I was <laughs> nice. Everybody was my size. You know, I could hit that sweep, that 28 sweep, that 40, I could, I could get that. Yeah. You know? And of course, I was a tailback too because I love to get the ball. Yeah. I love to be, my thing was, I love to be in the action. Yes, every sir. Play. And so... I was a tailback too. So seventh grade, I was good. You know, I could I could hit that sweep and I knew I could get around everybody. Cause I had I was quick. Yeah. Then eighth grade, everybody kind of grew. And you know, I was still about the same. So I wasn't I wasn't able to, you know, hit that angle no more. So 
You know, first couple of games, I think I was A team, and then I turned into a B team All Star. But that was cool though. I was like, I <laughs> no, was cool. At least he was an All Star though. Right, but right. it's but it's the thing is, you go A team, you might not get a lot of snaps. Yeah. Go down to the B team. I want to be in the action. You the legend. Yeah. You know, you know who you know whose time it is. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I do the B team all star and, and try to do my thing there. So I went B team and, and it was all right. But I'm like, all right, don't worry. I'm a, I'm a ball out in high school. Of course, you get to ninth grade. So so you say everybody grew like what, what you was looking like in in, in the ninth grade. That's what I'm what saying. You, like what grew, you was looking like in the ninth grade. Why are you looking up? Because you ain't short. I'm still hot. I'm still hot right now about that. I'm still <laughs> I'm still hot. You get to ninth grade, everybody grew even more. Now, if you know anything about high school football, especially Texas high school football, these dudes look like college football players. Look like grown men. You know, they've been already oh, held back two years. Yeah. Well, 16 like in the night. 17 years old and fresh in high dudes school. dudes already with the lineup on the beard and stuff, you know? So I'm I'm five foot two, 103 pounds. <laughs> 103, five two, 103. That was five, two. 103. <laughs> Yo, I was a player, though. I was a player, though. But five two... 103, I'm like, yo, I can't do this. And uh, but I'm like, all right, maybe I'll still hit the corners, you know, see what I could do. And um, I was struggling. So now and our school was so big to where we split, we have four teams. So we had the uh, um orange, you know, A, B team, and we had blue A and B team. I was on one of the B teams, you know, I just wasn't getting enough snaps because we had many, we had other athletes come in. We had dudes that been balling since they were five, six years old. And I've only been playing for two and a half years. So these dudes, they love the contact. They love the hit. And I'm still keep it, keep it G. I was still a little soft. You know, I ain't really, I yeah. ain't really like the contact like that. Right. And you so, like the action, but not the contact? You I like the, the sweet. action. You, you, you I, see, he see, keep mentoring the sweet. He don't yeah, want that, like he don't want that now, power. I'll, c- I'll come down the middle. You feel me? I'll come down. I'll come down at three, you know, but the, but the thing about it is, the thing about it is I like the contact when I'm creating it. Right. Right. You know, if I'm right. coming downhill and I create the contact, I'm good with it. Right. But if the contact is unnecessary and unwanted, <laughs> I ain't messing with it. <laughs> so, so it was, you know, I was okay. And I wasn't getting a lot of snaps all through the season. And I remember we had two games left. And our, our assistant football coach was the uh, assistant wrestling coach. And in Texas, they had to coach two sports. And so he kept getting at me, yo, come try wrestling. When the season's done, come try wrestling. I ain't never heard of wrestling before. The only wrestling is the uh, last week I watched Stone Cold Steve Austin do his thing. That was Stone Cold Stone or somebody. So, yeah. so, so I'm like, I'm, I'm like, he said, come try wrestling. I was like, nah, man, I ain't trying to get hit with no chairs. Nah, coach, I ain't, <laughs> I ain't with that, you know? And he was like, nah, just come in and try it. So one of the days I was looking, and then I looked in the room, in the wrestling room, they had a big gym in there. And it was like 60 dudes in there with shorts, t-shirts, out there sweating, like grabbing each other, slamming each other. I'm like, oh, no, nah. come on, coach. <laughs> so I'm like, nah, I ain't, ain't with that. So I go to practice this day. And I'm just, you know, we got a couple of games left, two games, and I haven't been getting a lot of snaps. So we had practice, and they put me in. And like, all right, come on, let's we're gonna run this play. It was a 43 killer. I'm coming downhill. Oh my God, gave it 43 to me. 43 killer. I gave it to me. I hit the counter, boom, right up the middle, boom, hit that hole. I'm like, I'm out. 
I'm out. 25, 30 yards. I'm like, all right, all right, I got this. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. yeah. So they switched the play and they were like, all right, um, uh, I forgot the other play they ran, but I'm like, I remember that 43 killer though. Yeah, I remember that because <laughs> I, I got about I got about 30 some yards on that yeah. one. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, like I'm killing. So I'm like, I'm killing them. I'm killing them with the cutback. So they called another play and we go on the opposite way. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to hit him with the cutback again. I'm going to get him. I'm getting him. He predetermined it. So, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm hitting him with the cutback. They can't stop me coming through the middle. They can't stop me. Hit him with it. I'm running the play. I'm like, nah, don't want to play. Hit him with the cutback. Hit him with the cutback. I ain't even thinking about the vision and looking what's going on. I'm like, all right, boom, cutback. Ooh, I'm coming through the middle. Oh, I see daylight. I'm like, oh, I got it. <laughs> and the mic back swung over. I ain't even see him. His name Big Donald. I ain't even see him. <laughs> I'm cutting. All of a sudden, I get smacked. Bop! I don't even remember what happened. I think my helmet might have loosened up a little bit. Bop! I get smacked. All I remember is I'm looking up. I'm screaming every cuss word I can. And I'm, <laughs> I'm you know, in ninth grade, I'm like, Nah, I'm screaming. I'm like, yo, I think I broke my back. <laughs> I don't even know where my spleen at, but I'm like, my spleen, something wrong. I'm looking at, and then the me. coach, they get the coach coming over. They like, hey, relax, calm down. I can't move my leg. I can't move. My oh no, legs. <laughs> my neck and my back. I can't feel my leg. <laughs> Everything hurt. And they basically they had to come help me off off the field. I remember that I was just like, and, and mind you, mentally, where I was mentally, all seasons, you know, you're trying to catch those, you know, those little pass swing passes, and I'd be jamming my fingers when the quarterback be yank, yanking them, boom, jamming my fingers, trying to catch them with my, you know, running through the, you know, the drills with the with the things that, that yeah, come through, you got to run the through gauntlet, them, right? yeah, the gauntlet, yeah. running through them, you know. All Still that. hate the gauntlet to this day. All the, yeah, all them is annoying me. Been annoying me all season. You know, all the little little injuries, little things here and there. Like I said, you know, I was still a little soft. You know, don't don't judge yeah. me. <laughs> you know, don't judge Ninth me. Great, <laughs> man. Sure. You know, I wasn't there yet. You know what yeah, mean? yeah. I mean, you're so, still only five two one zero three. Five two one zero three, soaking wet. <laughs> you know, so I'm sitting, I'm looking up, and the whole time I'm thinking, man, this ain't it. I got to do something else, man. I, Big Donald I, I did it to you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Big Donald. Donald, Donald he, you know, and, and plus the playing time wasn't what I wanted to be. He wasn't right. there. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, you man. Had, you had your expectations yeah. and they wasn't living up to the reality. Yeah. So you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go be that's, great. If, that's if the I thing don't about appreciate me. my greatness, I'm going to go be great somewhere else. Yeah. That's right. the thing about me is I'm a realist. I'm real with myself. And that's very important in anything that I've done. And so basically, I was just like, you know what? It's time to find something else to try out. So I tried everything that year. I tried out for baseball. Yo, I could feel everything was straight. But when it came to batting, <laughs> different story, you know? And so I tried it all until the coach, the coach kind of, you know, kept making fun of me and poking at me like, yo, why don't you come try wrestling? You scared. You scared. You know me, I'm football. You know football. Nah, we ain't right. scared. We ain't right. shook. Nah. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, what coach you talking about? You I ain't scared. Come try it. Come try it. All right. I'm going to be in there today. As he tried to punk me in the middle of study hall. But everybody was in there. I'm like, all right, I'm in there today. What? Pick your best wrestlers. I'm coming in. I'm smashing you. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> I 
I went in there. I went in there. You know, they had the short. I went in. I thought, you know, I'm just gonna show up, talk a little bit of trash, and I could walk out. And, and, you know, and they weren't ready for me. But I walked in. He had shorts. He had shirt, t-shirt, and he had shoes ready for me. Wrestling shoes. I'm like, oh, see what had happened was. <laughs> I had just came in to say what's up to y'all, you know, before I had to walk home, you know. But he's like, nah, <laughs> we got you. We ready right here. Mm-hmm. And they had everything ready for me. It was a practice to change my life forever. Mm, forever. Yeah. So that started in the ninth or the tenth you started wrestling? That that was the first time I went into the room was the ninth. But I didn't mm. compete until my sophomore year was the first time I actually started competing. Okay. In wrestling. So when did you realize like you was that dude though? Like, like at what point did you realize like these boys can't fool with me? Cause what you was uh I- I'm sure you ain't lose many wrestling matches. Like what your record was in high school? Like what? Impeccable. Soph- sophomore year, soft no sophomore year was was up and down because I was I was floating between B team, you know, the starter and the, and the backup. I was floating between both. So a couple of meets, I would go to the varsity and I would do like I'd be like three and two. But then I would go to the JV tournament. I'll smash everybody. Floating back and forth like that. And top two, get out of district. Top four, get out of regionals and go to state. And so I had the number one and number two in the state in my district. Hmm. And so if I would have, if, if they weren't in my district, there wasn't any other district in the state of Texas, I would have been, I would have placed that year. I would have been all stater, but they were in my district, which actually I think was best for me. Yeah, because it let me know what level I needed to be on, you know, just to even to to be great at what I was doing, to make it to states and to make, make it, it to that state. level. Hey, yeah, absolutely. You want to be the best? You got to beat the best off rip. Boy, absolutely. you got to. And to see you at state. Yeah. And to answer your question, Mark, it was the summer after my junior season is when I realized, like, yo, I want to be good at this. I'm so gonna be going into your shit, going into your senior year. Senior year. I'll say, so, but by then yeah. you was no longer five two one zero three. Like senior nah. year, you was. You was so that, that's, yeah. so that's, that was another thing is because I would prematurely judge myself. I didn't realize I was going to be a late bloomer. When you're in high school, you know, kids mentally, they go through this certain developmental stage to where you don't realize at the time, I didn't realize I was going to grow. So I kept telling myself, man, I'm small. I ain't going to grow this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I was feeling bad, really down. I was kind of battling with that self-image. And after that freshman year, after I had kind of walked away from football, Came back sophomore year, sprung up five six, hundred nineteen pounds. I'm like, oh, sprung ooh, up, ooh, with no cuts in the arms. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then after the sophomore year, I was about five eight, hundred and thirty pounds. Okay, got yeah. a little egg in the arm now. I'm a man a now. Egg in there. <laughs> Then coming back senior year, I was about 5'10", 152 pounds. So, uh, I could, I could work with this. Now. Yeah, I'm in the mirror now, you know. <laughs> I'm in the mirror now. I'm, I'm, you know, flexing up on them. You're trying to pop his chest and stuff. Pop, pop, pop. You know what I mean? I'm in there. I'm, I'm using my arm, though. I'm using my hand, though. But I'm in there. <laughs> I'm in there. <laughs> I was like, Mark, he got this pose with the, with the push-up on the bicep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still sort of him, though. Yeah. Big facts. Big facts. Got to. Y'all know I'm big man. No little man. Big man. No little man. No. Okay. I know you went crazy your senior year. Yeah, my senior year, 
And it was important for in order to push me to that point, I had a, a dude on my team, a buddy on my team, one of my best friends growing up. We went to middle school together and, and then high school. And he got into wrestling first and I kind of followed him into it. Then junior year, he ended up being state runner-up. He was on varsity. And so watching him, I wouldn't say I was jealous, but he, I, he, I was envious. I wanted to be where he was at. Motivated so you. I was, he motivated me big time. So I had to raise my level. So like I said, that summer, I went to camps. You know, I went to the national tournament and we went together. And I knew what level he was at and I knew where I wanted to be. And this was kind of like the big start of my work outside in order to catch up and surpass everybody in the game. And we went to this camp together and I'll never forget the camp. And we were at the camp and we were at a uh, university of North Texas. And that was where we did camp for about, I want to say seven, to 10 days before we went to the national junior nationals. And it was just something I, I used to watch videos and some of the best, you know, some of the guys, the wrestlers that I looked up to some of the black wrestlers that had done it world champions and Olympic champions. And they would do stuff outside. They would run. You know, I never thought at that point, I never thought, you know, go for a run. That helps your legs. That helps your conditioning. That does, that helps you in, in different ways. I never thought about that. So I started watching videos. I'm like, all right, let's do that. So in the morning, we wake up and I'll ask him, because me and him were roommates. I'll say, hey, yo, let's go for a run. And a couple of times he went with me, but then some mornings he would be like, nah, I'm okay. I'm not, I don't want to go. But I still went anyway. So I'm mm-hmm. And I would go for that run. And then we would be practicing a couple of practice and I was kind of going through the motion and I'm in there. I'm plugged in all the way. I'm, I'm trying to learn everything. So at that point we was here, but then I started to separate a little bit. I started to just feel the separation. We went to nationals. I was about one, one match away from being an all American. My whole psyche, I'm this little kid from streets of Auchi, Nigeria to where I got to now. I'm, in North Dakota, Fargo, North Dakota, I'm competing and wrestling and I'm wrestling dudes from Oregon, dudes from Connecticut, dudes from other places I ain't never seen, never mm-hmm. been to. Mm-hmm. And now you come to do some research on these kids. This kid was a three-time state champion from Connecticut. I just mollywhopped him. <laughs> and then it's another kid, you know, he's a, he's a four-time state champion from Alaska. I just dropped him on his head. Now I'm thinking... You know, I was one match away from being an All-American. I'm going back to Texas for my senior year. I'm thinking, ain't nobody messing with me in Texas. Nobody. I just beat a three-timer from Connecticut, four-timer from Alaska. You know, ain't nobody finna mess with me in Texas. At that point is where I, I deep down inside, I'm like, yo. Can't do nothing with me. They can't do nothing with me now. Mm-hmm. So was you starting to get scholarship offers at this point or like what? Like... You had that schools was looking thing. at you or? Yeah. So that was the thing. My assistant wrestling coach, his dad was the head coach at Appalachian State University. And so that I was like, oh, I'm a shoe in. That's D1. I said, right. I'm a shoe in. I'm going there. You know, I, I ain't even finna fool with nothing else. For sure, I'm going there. And after a while, I come to find out, um, it don't work like that. You got to, you got to do some, you got to do some big work in order for you to, to get to that D1, to get to the clearinghouse, to get through all that. Cause in high school, I never really thought I was going to wrestle. I never thought I was going to college for wrestling. Mm. So of course I was passing everything, but you know, it's more than just passing. Now you got to have the test scores and everything like that in order to be able to qualify. 
And so, SAT is real. Texas, Texas is more SAT. AC, ACT, SAT, ACT, and SAT. Both? Yeah. Oh, he was both. 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 Yeah. I had to take both. And you know how long them tests is. So it's basically trying to study for both. I really didn't. I just said, you know what? I'm going to go take it based on the knowledge that I, I feel like I had already acquired in school. Right. Right. And I was one point, I think it was like a maybe a 24, and I think I had like a 23 on the ACT. That's good, though. That's solid. I got an 18, and I never did it again. <laughs> I got an 18. <laughs> they said that's all I needed to get through the clearhouse, and I was yeah. straight. I never took it again. I'm like, I remember, from, I don't know what exactly my score was, but I know I was like one point from. And so basically, I was a non qualifier, something like that. So it was like, you know, like a lot of kids went to JUCO or you had to at least do a year in a different institution, a four-year institution in order to qualify. Mm-hmm. So the only other offer that I got was some small school in Iowa. Iowa. That's a Russian state, though. Hey, it Iowa, is. Idaho. Hey, fat Arizona State. But yeah. them two, like the middle, the middle of the nation type states, they rest and rest. Yeah, like, what you been doing so, since you was five? Resting? Yeah, so I... I, I, Paul I chose so i chose there i went there for two years and then i transferred out went to nebraska and the sky was the limit after that you humble man we said we got you a three-time ncaa d2 all-american 2008 national title at 174 2008 helped the school win the first ever overall team title oh first come on all these firsts here i gotta be a first something y'all first Winning everything in college. That boy changing cultures. Yeah. It, it was a good time, man. I think I was the first African-American to win a national title for my school. And at that time, I didn't think the significance of it. it was just doing me, just out there trying to be great. And after that, it was a floodgates yeah. open. You know, we had my little homie, also from Texas, Rafian Stutz, came through, won two titles. And uh, we had a couple, couple African-Americans come through and win national titles from that school. But... You know, I like to think I kind of open their eyes. Trendsetter. To let them know that, hey, we could go here to school here. You changed the culture. So you go to Nebraska. Tell us about that. So you go to D2. You dominate there. Prove yourself. You get a D1 at Nebraska. I know they wrestle in Nebraska. So what that yeah. was like? What the college was like? What, like? So I went to, in Nebraska, it was three schools, three major schools. That's UNK, UNO, and UNL. All in the, you know, mother system. So it's University of Nebraska, Lincoln, which is Big Red, Cornhusker, University of Nebraska, Omaha, which are the Mavericks, which is also a humongous school. I think about 40,000 student bodies, something like that, give and take. And then you have UNK, which is the same thing, University of Nebraska, Kearney, but it's a smaller school. Uh, we were D2, so it was, uh, I would say, maybe about 20. And I liked it, man. I liked it. Coming from Iowa is different. You know, it's like, Coming from Texas, swinging all the way to the other end of Iowa, different change of pace. <laughs> right. So it was, um, it was good. Everybody was friendly. They showed me love in the town, and it was just, I think it was the program, man. I had set big goals for myself of what I wanted to do, and it was the perfect place for me as far as, you know, not a lot of distraction, and me to just really focus, know how to set goals, and go out there and try to achieve them. So was the goal always to like chase a professional wrestling career or like where was your mindset like coming into like how did you transition from college to pursuing that career in wrestling or martial arts? Like and I'll say really what I want to know is when did your wrestling transition into, you know, your background in martial arts 
which then took us to. Yeah, no, I um, I'm a competitor. Like people don't understand when it when it's about sports or something that I'm doing, I'm a competitor. And it started in high school. I wanted to be a state champion so bad, so so bad. Especially after I went to that camp and I came back, I said, "Can't nobody beat me in the state." So I did everything. I was running. I was doing extra. I'd be in the room wasting all the hot water in my house, creating a, sha- a sauna in the bathroom. All of these things that I did in my mind, mentally, I was just pushing myself each to be a state champion. And then I went to states and unfortunately I didn't. I ended up getting third. I got beaten in the semi. And that burned me so bad on the inside, it fueled me. So I didn't really want to rest. I didn't really think about wrestling in college. But after I didn't win state title, I'm just like, nah, I'm going to college. I'm going to be a national champion. I'm going to stand at the top of that podium. And right away when I got to college, and I'll never forget this, my freshman year I was in that school in Iowa. It was a small school, the NAIA, but it was one of the best NAIAs. They had crazy athletes, all, of, all from across the country, North Carolina, dudes from Georgia, dudes from all over the country, Florida. Great athletes. But as far as dedication and heart and, and grind, I could, none of that, they ain't really have it. That's what separates so, you. Yeah, so I went there. And I remember the first week we had to do goals. We wrote, the coach had us write goals down, what we wanted to do and how we wanted the season to go. And a lot of dudes on the team, yeah, I want to be varsity. Yeah, a lot of dudes on the team, yeah, I want to win 10 matches. A lot of the dudes, yeah, I want to I want to qualify and this and that. I'm thinking, I wrote mine down. I ain't even, because you don't, you don't see what everybody write down. Except when you get up, you have to get up in front of the team and tell them what your goals are. Everyone's saying all these goals. And in my head, I'm thinking, that's it. That's it. And it came to me. And I'm a freshman. I just got there. So I got up and I was saying my goals. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a national champion. And you could see everyone sitting down in the desks. And I, I could see some of the dudes. <laughs> Snickering. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't laugh at, hey, if they don't <laughs> laugh at your goals, they're not big enough. Yeah. These dudes like, I see them. I'm watching them. You know, some of the dudes, they talking to their boy. What do you think? Oh, this dude. Do y'all not realize they they ain't they ain't know what the fire I had burning inside me? I just seen them do that, so I'm like, okay, all right. And then season start, but before the season had started, I knew when the first day season was gonna start. The whole time, a couple months, I've been running, I've been running the hills, I've been lifting all through. Season start, first practice, I'm killing the varsity. Yo, they, it was, I think, the, maybe the second week the coach moved me from the freshman practice to the varsity practice. I'm in the varsity practice, taking down two, three-time All-Americans. I'm in there doing Pumping them. And something inside me was like, this ain't big enough. I mean, more. Yeah, this ain't big enough. I'm a freshman. I know I got a long ways to go. I don't know a lot, enough yet. But I'm in here doing this to them? Nah, I need more. After the next season, I decided I was going to transfer go to a Division II school that were already national runner-ups. They had a bunch of talented guys. You know, I get to wrestle every D1 tournament. The only thing they can't promise me is the Division I NCAA tournament. But everything else I can go to. So I get to see all those guys. So I transferred. I said, that's where I wanted to be. I want to show them I'm the best. And I transferred. While I'm in Nebraska, I set that goal. I was like, yo, I'm going to be the national champion. I'm going to be. The first year I was ranked number one going into the national tournament. And that was my sophomore year season. Ranked number one. I ended up tearing my knee halfway through the season. And he's like, you could take a medical 
and you could come back the next year. I was like, nah, have the surgery now. I'm coming back. And I ended up doing it. And I came back. Yes, of course, my whole style was different, but I was still ranked number one going to nationals. And I ended up getting third that season. Now, while I was there, one of my teammates, he had a twin brother. They fought. They did MMA during the offseason. And so <laughs> that was the first time I actually kind of really seen him. But crazy backstory, senior year in high school, there's this tournament called Senior National. And that's the best seniors from all across the country that place at their state tournaments with state champions from each and every state. They get to go to one tournament called Senior Nationals and to get to show the colleges you know, what you, you can do. And while I was at that tournament, I ran into... We had this with this hotel in uh, Cleveland, and it was these other two black dudes at the hotel. You know, tall, big. One was a heavyweight, and I seen them. You know, I'm like, "Yo, what y'all do? Y'all wrestle?" And they was like, "Yeah, we wrestle." I was like, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "Oh, it's, it's other brothers. You know, brothers that wrestle too." <laughs> I'm like, "What's y'all name?" It was John Jones and Arthur Jones. Okay, and <laughs> <laughs> big Arthur. So. I ain't really realized. I ain't know him like that, but I talked to him, get to know him a little bit, and then the tournament started, and then I realized, yo, they was the truth. Arthur, I think, was an All-American that year. You know, Arthur was a two-sport athlete, of course. He played football, and uh, he was a wrestler. He ended up going to Syracuse, ended up, obviously, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, NFL. Yeah. yeah. And uh, John, John Jones, me and him just stayed close. He was like, yeah, I'm going to go wrestle in college. So we just stayed in touch, and he... Went to a small school in Iowa, too. So me and him kind of kept in touch. So during my fall break, that freshman year in Iowa, I went over to see him. And while I was there visiting him, it was like a dude, a friend of like uh, the, the wrestling team, invited us to come to his house and watch some fights. So me and John Jones went to this dude's house to watch fights. And that was the first time I ever seen UFC on TV. Mm. Was with John Jones at some house party. Mm. And what was that? Was that like back in the Tito Ortiz days? Was that, was yeah, that? it was it was Chuck Liddell fighting somebody. Chuck yeah. Liddell, a big fight. Listen. Yeah, and so fast forward now, a few years later, one of my teammates, Joe Ellenberger, he actually was fighting. So during the summer, I actually got to watch him fight. I'm like, yo, they, they do this real stuff. This is for real. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I was still scared of it. I was shook. I, I ain't doing that. Nah, they right. kicking each other in the head. They, they got these boys in a cage. Yeah, they in a cage. <laughs> they kicking each other. They elbowing each other. I'm good. I'm going to stay with wrestling where we it's controlled still. <laughs> I'm here so for that's, Yeah. So that's why I stayed with wrestling and, and I kept doing that. And then after uh, college, my senior year, I ended up becoming the national champion in 2010. Yes, sir. And I got I got an invitation to be a resident athlete at the Olympic Training Center to train for the 2012 Olympics. And I mm. said, all right, I'm with it. I'm going to do that. So then I went over to uh, Colorado Springs. I was living there, training for the Olympics. Now, while I was there, I kind of got exposed more and more into MMA. I got an invite one day to come up to Denver, which is about an hour and some change away from Colorado Springs, and train with um, King Mo, who was a fighter at the time. King Mo was a wrestler a few years before that. So I'm like, all right, I go to Denver. We coming in, we in the locker room, we changing, we're getting ready to train. We came on, we waiting for him to show up. So I'm in the locker room, I'm putting my shoes on, and I look back, dude, two dudes walk in, in the, in the door in the locker room is King Mo. 
and it's Rashad Evans. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Rashad Evans. Oh, <laughs> so you know you gotta play it cool. You can't, you know, you know, you can't be a fan or nothing. So I'm like, can't be fanboying too hard. Can't be fanboying, <laughs> but I, yeah. but I'm in my head. I'm like, oh, you playing the cool, but in your body, yeah. you're like, but in my body, yeah. I'm like, yeah. how you doing, Mr. Evans? Can I have you doing? Which sign the glove for me? At this point, he was the biggest superstar in the game. Yeah, I mean, my man just. Fought, I think, a Rampage Jackson at the time. Mm. They just did the Ultimate Fighter, so he's the biggest superstar in the game. Right. So I see him. Boom! They walk in. I'm, I'm. So we get out there and we work out. I train with him. We sit and we talk for like 30 minutes, and I couldn't believe how cool he was, man. Because I'm, you know, this was one of the biggest superstars in the world, and he was so down to earth. He was so cool. Gave me the game. Talk to me. He was like, yo, you could do this, bro. You could, you could do this sport. Mm-hmm. I'm still, of course, I'm still shook. I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, I hear you. Sound good. You. <laughs> but I'm a national champion in wrestling. Yeah, I'm and this, I'm not know. getting in that cage. <laughs> the cage is Big throwing fact. me off. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say go in, I didn't want to say out, it, but I'm like, yeah, like, y'all in the cage. Yeah. Like, there's only really one way out of there. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. But we just, and then he gave me his number. And for people who don't understand how powerful certain things are and the way that now I know because I'm in that role, how powerful certain things like, like you guys, y'all meet a up and coming football player or whatever. And they look up to us big time. Now we talk, we have a conversation. I'm leaving. He's like, yo, here's my number. Take my number. And he gave me his number. I'm like, this is big, one of the biggest superstars in the world. And I'm in, I'm driving home with the dudes I came with, and I'm just looking at the number in my phone. I'm like, <laughs> yo. It is me. Yeah, check yeah. me out. Hey, yeah. hey, yeah. buddy, said I got potential. Yeah. <laughs> I got his number in my phone. I could text him right yeah. now. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm, your boy's in the I'm car hyped. like, shut up, man. That's a yeah. dude's number. <laughs> I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I'm <laughs> Okay, I'm like, yo, some shot Evans. I'm right, hyped. right, right, right. So, you don't know this dude. No. Big fact, so. <laughs> Months and months start to go by. He texted me. He hit me up because, of course, I ain't want to fanboy him. He hit me up. Yo, hey, what you doing? How you doing? How are things going? I'm like, cool, cool. We talk a little bit. And then, he's, and then he hit me at one time and said, hey, I got this fight coming, fighting this wrestler, Phil Davis. I'd like to bring you to Florida with me for about a week or two. Help me train. I'm like, bet. Hmm. You going to fly me out? He, well, I got you. You going to fly me, fly you out. You're going to stay with me and everything. I'm like, wow. Cool. And that was one of the first times I'm like, okay. I went out there. I tried it. It was still scary to me. But at that point, I started to slowly pull myself into that other world. Man. I said, it's different. It's different training. Huh? That means you was like the sparring partner. Like, so you had to start taking some strikes. You went from big grapple to yum, yum. Wait, hold on. Reset. Because Rashad was that striker. Now he had that That's what I'm saying. Rashad, game. Rashad used to have hands. Yeah, no, it, it was, um, yeah, of course, I, I was wrestling. So wrestling days, there's different practices, different days. So wrestling days, I'm hype. I'm coming in. I don't care Can't who wait. it is. I don't care who y'all it is. pay you for are, these past two yeah, weeks. You a 25-pounder to a heavyweight. I don't care. I'm going to take you down. And you ain't getting up unless I let you up. So I'm hype. Wrestling day, it's easy for me. I'm about to do my thing. And then, you know, I thought I just came in for wrestling. I ain't, that's right. all I came for. I ain't. Who you I fly with for the striking 
Yeah, I didn't think I was going to spar. Now we doing jujitsu. We're trying to get out of some stuff like this. Like, yo. So it was it was sparring day. It was stand up, kickboxing. I had never done that before. You know, I knew I had a nice little jab, you know, because you know, dude mess with you, you got bow, you jab yeah. him up, move around, Back move around. Yeah. Yeah. Back up. Yeah. And so it was this dude, it was this little dude in there. It was kind of, he was kind of little to me because I was bigger. I was about 190. He was about like 160. And he felt and kind of saw Brazilian. Oh, so dude. you big now, huh? You yeah. big now. So, yeah. you know, 190, I'm big. I'm full grown now. You know, I'm big man. No little man. You know? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm in that. I, I tossed dude up wrestling day. And he was kind of, you know, crying about a certain thing, kind of saw. You know, I'm like, oh, that's the weak link. So kickboxing day. I'm like, yeah, I want him. <laughs> and he didn't object because the wrestling day, he didn't want to go with me. Yeah, he, he's like, uh, he was trying to avoid me. <laughs> he thought about that the whole night. He's like, I'm going to get him back <laughs> on sparring day. I ain't know who he was, though. I ain't know who he was. I'm thinking, you know, like, yeah, I'm, that's the, he saw. Yeah, I want him. So we get we get to going. So he said, yeah, right away. He said, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I didn't know you was going to say yeah that quick, but. <laughs> After what I did to you yesterday, you know, you should be you should be worried. You should be afraid of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to moving and he moving good. So I'm like, I right, you know, he selling wolf tickets. He, you know, he know what I did to him yesterday. You know what's up. Wow, he kicked me. Boom. I like that was kind of light. Try to get to him. He kicked me again. Bop, bop. I'm like, ah, that's kind of light too, you know. Bop, 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 bop. Put a three-piece on me. Wow. Kick. Boom. I can't even touch him. I'm trying to grab him. I can't find him. Yo, hey. So it was five minutes. <laughs> he said, I can't find him. I, hey. he, it was five minutes of him whooping my ass. <laughs> but he didn't even go hard. He went light. He didn't even go hard. He beat my ass for five minutes. He was just touching That was just up. that round. Just touching me. So after I got done with him, I didn't want to go with him no more because I, I knew he had levels. <laughs> he was going to turn up more. So I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not. I'm good. I'm going to go with other dudes. So I'm going to go with Rashad because Rashad know he brought me out to help him. He ain't going to go crazy on me. After the practice, I started asking everybody like, yo, they like, that's Cosmo Alexander, four-time Muay Thai world champion, King's Cup champion. I'm like, what? They like, yeah, that, that who that was. And he, yeah, he went like, he don't really go hard when he, he sparred. I was like, oh. That's light. That was light. <laughs> I started watching videos, and y'all would probably know who this dude is if y'all seen it. It's a viral video of him, and he he wanted to do that that swept the dude's legs and need him at the same time. Crazy, like that's why oh. I figured out oh. it's some killers in this sport. So yeah, watch what you do and watch what you say. And he said he swept his <laughs> legs and need him at the same time. How is that well, even it's possible? One of the craziest. Like, he swept his leg from the inside, like just swept him like a broom, knocked him mm. off balance at the same time. Came he up caught with the underneath. Keldy. Yo. Sleepy time they come. What do you anticipate for this fight, Mr. T? Pain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was one of the first times I really sparred. I felt it. But I didn't shy away from it. I was yeah. like, okay. I could yeah. do that. I could get yeah. back to that. Yeah. Man, hey, I love that story, bro. Because, you know, I know Rashad, Rashad for a few years. And, like, he's always just been a good dude. I've always followed his UFC career. But the fact that he just invested in you and poured into you and look what you have become because of that investment, not all the way, but just, you know, that, that, that introduction, you know, that connection, that resource, 
you're, you're the champ of the world now. You know, best ever to do it. One of the best ever to do it. Arguably, you can't say, you can't bring up the best champions ever without mentioning Kamar Usman. And the fact that Rashad kind of just poured into you, invested in you, I admire him even more for that. So, I mean, that's Big huge respect, respect, bro. Yeah, that's I admire him big time. And, I, and one thing that he used to always say to me is just like, yeah, you know, like little things would break around the house, little things would go on. And I'm thinking, yeah, if I was in his position, I'd be tight, man. Cause I, this, I know a lot of this costs money. You know, I'm staying with the man. I ain't, I ain't got no bread or nothing, but he looking out for me. Mm-hmm. But he like, nah, man, things break. You know, everything, things break, things happen, you know? And then it was like, he would always bring like random, like different people come to the house. And I would always be like, man, why are you bringing all these different people over here to train, man? You know, like, you don't even know them like that. You don't need this. This, this, this like, my space. No. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you don't even know them like that. But he was, he was always like, man, you got to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. You got to pay it forward. If you can help 100%. somebody, you pay it forward. You know, if I can help you, I'm going to do it. Then when it's your turn, you got to pay it forward. And that's one thing that always stuck with me even to this day. Like, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of young guys, they ask me for advice. They ask me for certain things. And wherever I can help, I make sure that I take the time to, to pay it forward. So yeah, that's that that positivity begets positivity. Mm. That, that mindset only gonna make us better as as a community, as a people. It's just full respect. I mean, that's what that's what you do, Cam. You know what I mean? You teach them youngest how to really go ahead and bend that corner on one club one. You know what I mean? Man, you know, then they go then they go get paid and they leave me, and I just watch. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that was my dog. Hey, now you over there balling on the other side. That's my boy. Proud of (laughs) him. Like, hey, I'm gonna be here till you get paid, and then my boy got paid, and I said, damn, I'm still gonna be here. He used to you be your homie. Me. Now he act like he don't know you. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to be my dog. I wanted to ask you, bro. So you told us about the journey, bro, but I'm trying to see like when. So you went with Shad, start training, yeah. working up through the ranks to become like, to get a chance with the UFC. Uh, I know it's a struggle, you know what I mean? So I just want to know like when your first opportunity was to fight and what you had to go through to, you know, build your way up through the ranks to get a, a UFC shot. I just want to you know, hear about the journey. Yeah. You told us so much. Yeah. In 2011, while I was living at the Olympic Training Center, I got an opportunity through a friend of mine, Dr. Ryan Parsons, to uh, be one of the coaches on The Ultimate Fighter, which is a reality show for the UFC. And so I got to go out there and I was uh, one of the assistant coaches. I was like coaching wrestling for the guys that were on the show. And the guys that were on the show was the 135-pounder and the 145-pounder because the UFC just pulled those weight classes in. Yeah. And so... While I was doing that, I got a chance to actually see how these guys train. Got a chance to actually see how UFC, these UFC caliber athletes, what they go through. And I got a chance to see what that reality show was all about. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was like, I ain't going to do this, bro. Right. It's ain't for me. It's ain't for me, bro. A lot of fluff and buff, huh? Yeah. And just seeing how hard. and, And it was the first time I actually got to witness these guys like fight. And when these guys would fight on the show, we fought in the studio. With nobody else around but them. And it was just, it was crazy to me because when these dudes would kick each other, you could hear it. You could hear the kicks. You could hear the punches. You could hear all these things. I don't want to say I was scared, but it was like, mm, I don't think mm-hmm. you really want to do that, bro. You know? So you ain't never hopped in that cage before and all you nah. see is that warfare. Yeah. So I got to train with them in the cage, like help them out, wrestling and everything, but I wasn't locked in there to compete. But I watched them and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So I left. And then in 2012, which was during the Olympic trials and, the, and, and um, you know, preparing for the Olympics, 
I got hurt a couple of times. I tore my knee again. I had to have surgery and something like that. And and all this was kind of hurting my heart. It was pulling me away from the sport of wrestling a little bit. And then also a big part was the salary. You know, if you're a national team, you're getting a thousand dollars a month. Hey, what rent that thing? That's it. Mm. So thousand dollars a month for the Olympic ladder. I'm the best in the country, one of the best in the world, and you give me a thousand dollars a month, and I'm a grown ass man out of college. I'm like. And then you you work hard, you train in wrestling twice a day, every day, and then you go overseas to one of these big tournaments. If you win that tournament, they might give you 2000 3000 And then I was helping these other fighters, and these fighters would go out there and get a crazy knockout in 15 minutes. And these dudes would get 75000 bonus mm, mm. on top of they pay. Yep. I'm like, man, I'm in the wrong sport, bro. And it was just that right there kind of started to fuel me. And so I was like, you know what? I might give this a shot. And so my motivation and my love for wrestling was starting to kind of die out. And, and MMA started to intrigue me more and more. Like, yo, I, I got a family. I, I want to I be able to retire my mom and dad one day. Mm-hmm. I got to do something. And it was like um, right before the trials, my love for it wasn't there anymore. And you can't do that in wrestling because mm-hmm. it's a very slim, slim margin between the best in the world and the guy that got 16th place. And if you don't love it, it's going to show. Yeah, it's going to show. And it went to the qualifier and I got beat by a guy that I beat several times. I couldn't touch me. I let him come back and beat me. And I think right there, just let me know it's time to move on to a different sport. And so I think it was like June 2012. I didn't make the qualifier. And then I was just like, that's it for me. I talked to my dad, packed up my stuff and I moved. I talked to Rashad. Rashad kept the whole time. Yo, come come, come down to Florida. Come live with me, man. Come, come live with me. You could do this. I said, that's it. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I had a couple offers to go to different places and train, but I said, nah, I want to I wanna slum it out and go out there to Rashad and one of the best to do it and I'm going to learn from him. And I came down to Florida and I started training and training and I had my first fight in November of 2012 which happened to be in the same hometown where I went to school in Nebraska. So I felt kind of comfortable and I went in there, I trained for it. And I, you know, you, you train and you think it's going to be like that. But nah, I got to the fight. Everything was good. And then in the back, got wrapped up, you know, I'm nervous, but I'm like, it's nerves. I could deal with a competition mm-hmm. nerves, but then you walking out and it felt different. I was like, Oh, different. There's people in here. Hey. <laughs> Then I got in that cage and they locked the door and I was like, yo, I'm in the cage. (laughs) And I'm in here naked. I had just the shorts on. You don't know how naked you really are because you train. You got shirt on, you got shorts. You you might have compression pants on. You got big gloves on. You got shit pads. You got headgear, certain things. You You don't realize... When you got in the fight, I was like, yo, I'm naked in here. I ain't got no shirt on. I just got these tights on and I just got the four ounce gloves. That's it. No shin pads, nothing. And mm. I just, I remember I felt so naked. And then we moving, we moving. Cause you gotta put the, you gotta put the game face on. I tried to fake the funk. I'm moving, I'm moving. And I got hit the first time. Boom. I'm like, oh, oh no, this real. And at that moment, I had to let my competitiveness and the competitive juices take over. And I was able to come away with a TKO in the second round. After that, I was hooked. I was a dick. Mm. Needed it. Slap him in the second round. First hey, match. Look. Hooked. 
before you go into a fight, is there like a proper meal you need? Like what gets you to that? Like if it's that last meal before a fight night, what, what you push? Yeah. After them weigh-ins, after, after you made the weigh-ins. Scale. Like, after yeah. the weigh-ins. <laughs> after, see, after the weigh-ins, you got to make sure the nutrition is proper because it's, we cut weight. I'm one of the guys who cut weight because I'm the perfect size for a welterweight. So I cut weight, I cut the right amount of weight. And after you got to replenish with the fluids, it takes time to be able to eat. You can't just be, everybody thinks you just, ah, I make weight, I'm eating everything. Nah. Man, so you don't, you don't mash up. It's just like, it's like I'm focused in on it takes, in. it takes time for you to get the adequate amount of fluids in you certain time. And they, you know, my team, they've got it down to a science to where this, you got to drink this type of recovery drinks 30 minutes in to an hour in to 90 minutes in to certain times, then you start introducing certain foods, carbohydrates and stuff like that, and sweets, mm. salt, and that whole day until I think the nighttime, that night meal is really the meal that's for me that I, I can eat. And usually it's pasta with red sauce, nothing too heavy, some a lot of carbs because I'm the type of fighter who excel with a lot of carbs. And so that's it. Fight day, you can't really eat nothing but the breakfast, you know? You're, you're, you you nervous because you're, your body knows it's in danger. So you're nervous right. all day. So after, you know, you eat that breakfast, your stomach, you can't eat nothing. Well, y'all don't fight. To, like, you're a main, like, you, you know what I'm saying? you top You don't get Back. out there to 9 p.m. I don't get out there Not to even. I fought. Midnight. I fought, nah, I fought in Jacksonville. I didn't King? get out to 1230. Midnight, bro. Hey, yeah. you different, different. Because, big fella, I pack a lunch to eat at halftime. You know what I'm saying? Like, boy, bro. be hungry. You know, main card ain't starting till 10 Eastern. Main yeah. event, unless people getting slept, which people yeah. were getting slept at, we, he still didn't get out there till 1230. Look, that's why I say 910, because normally if we used to catch him in the Vegas fight, or you know what I'm saying, we on the yeah, West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. East Coast, you're right. It'd be hella late. That's yeah, right. so, so yeah, if you, you know, basically you can't really eat nothing. You just got to try to keep the fluids up, but it's from your body knows it's in danger. It's about to be in danger, so it don't really, it won't really take that much food in. So, Second round KO, first fight. When you go to the UFC, bro, what's that? Yeah, so you know, after that first fight, it was I was hooked, kept working and working, and I didn't get my shot to really sign till 2015. I ended up having to do the reality show that I said I didn't want to <laughs> do I did in 2015, which was good for me. I did it, I got through it, and I ended up winning the finale, winning the show. And I got signed in 2015. My fight was July 12th, 2015. And after that, I didn't look it's been back. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, saying it ain't even been like that. It's been like that. Yeah. Down, look, straight all the way up. Yeah, I stayed focused on the goal because when I got into the sport, I said I wanted to be the world champion. And I just took it one fight at a time. The next thing you know, it, I got the call. Yo, March 2nd, 2019, you're going to be fighting for the world title. And that was a moment that mentally I prepared for so many times in my head that I knew when I got that call, I was going to be world champion. Listen, bro, I've been telling fools, man. Everybody in there was talking about Tyron Willie. I'm like, and that's my dog. I fool with T-Wood. I'm, I'm a T-Wood fan. I was happy as heck when he was knocking people out, slumping people. I thought he was never going to be beat, right? And then my dog, oops, had this title shot. Everybody in that thing. I'm telling them. Cam was with me and a whole bunch of other people. I said, they talking about Tyron Willie. I'm like, listen, he ain't going to make it tonight. He ain't gonna make it tonight. Nah. I said, I don't know what y'all talking about, but he ain't gonna make it tonight. I know this, this is my blood brother. You feel me? He's been waiting for this. And you nah. just ever since that night, bro. They been showing out since. Yep. Yep. You tell him, Cam, because even you, oh, so you look, even I don't want to talk about it because look, you know, I was like, I was like, Ty Willie unstoppable. 
was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> my dog Uz came in there, matched my buddy. My he, like mentally speaking, confidence is everything in a lot of different sports. Confidence got shattered that night. He was <laughs> he mean. He was, <laughs> he was stomping feet. He mean, he mean. You know, I'm like, hey, hey, jazz was working, the wrestling was working. I was like, I was like, he, he's getting beaten on all face. Hey, he 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 in the clinch. He mean. Hey, 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 I, I hey. like big, big DC. I was in the home. No, I, I knew, I knew it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew it, man. I knew it. It's just one of those things that you know the moment when it's gonna happen, and and that was my moment. And I, yeah. I had to take ownership, and I went mm. out there, became the champion, and I and after becoming the champion, I just wanted to improve ever since. And and how many title defenses we at right now? I think we have four right now. Yeah, four, four title, title defenses. And I've been locked in every time, boy. I, I was there, witnessed it in Jacksonville. Hey, I might, hey, I might have lost a little bit of money in 2015, but you'd have, hey, you'd have made up for it so much. It was really <laughs> my fault. I, I, I wasn't aware, and then I became aware. Yeah, yeah. Boy, split that. Don't worry. He, he did it. He, that. He, he did that to fifty thousand. I don't know how many was in Jacksonville. He did that to twenty thousand people in Jacksonville. Everybody in there hating. I'm hey. in there like y'all got me messed up. We really out here <laughs> like that. How, how how was it? How was it when, when the bruh, shot landed? How was it? Bro, bro, you could hear a rat piss on cotton in that mug. It was so <laughs> quiet. Except for me, so quiet. except for me, Patty Cuss, my wifey, Seppi, we was in that thing like, well, I told y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all got <laughs> yeah. it messed up. Y'all got the game twisted. That's the champ, man. That's the champ right there. Yeah, yeah so. One of, one of my best moments. And, um, you know, I worked hard for that one. And, and when it happened, it was like, wow, surreal. Because they was hating. They was, was hating, hating big he, time. Hey, Miami and you was boy, in Florida. So was you know they think yeah. you know he was a Florida boy. Bro, like they was that. hating. I look, I'm in Florida. I'm at the old teammate house, Mom Busher's house, watching a fight, and he had a, a couple Florida cats over. They talking about you know what it is in Florida all day. But like in that fight, they was just looking like, oh, bro. So, I'm uh, telling you, the whole stadium. stadium. What about what about that Dogecoin? You know what I'm saying? Dogecoin. <laughs> 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 Let's start talking crypto. ETH. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What you got on that Bitcoin situation? <laughs> What's your BTC huh? shares looking like? <laughs> no, nah, bro. But yeah, the whole stadium was hating. And then, hey, because like the first round, you, you was controlling it. But, you know, he might have had a couple, maybe something. You were blocking everything. But everybody's like, oh, oh. I'm like, shut up. He ain't even touch him. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so after the first round, I'm like, that's one. That's one for the champ. Kobe Covington right there. Yeah, I'm like, that's one for the champ. You know what and I mean? Still. That's one for the champ. And still, I said, hey, it's only going to get worse. Came out second round. Uh, hit him with a jab. Uh, he knocked his hands down and just walked through it. Yeah. Boy, was... Boy was sleep on the on the lats and the shoulder blade before he even hit the ground. I got up. I hey, I was almost in the ring. I was so turned, my dog. I was lit. You had the whole fan with you. Pops was watching you, man. Baby girl right. was there, man. I had my fan with me, bro. Oh, so that's, that was the first fight Pops had been to, huh? Yeah, that was the first fight Pops had been to. Pops was incarcerated for ten years, and that was the first one since he'd been back home. So it was extra special. But I had to make sure it was extra special, and I had to make sure it ended in a special way. So I went out there and served him because the whole week, him and he was talking about he wanted violence, and I said, "I, you want that violence?" (laughs) I woke up for violence. Yeah, (laughs) I woke up with violence on my mind. (laughs) I came out there for violence, and and we served it. And uh, one of my special ones to this date, and I'm happy. I'm glad you was able to be there to see that and witness that one, man. I, I. I'm just, I'm blessed to be in the position I am now. Oh, extremely blessed. Now, I'm just happy because I was there when you got the title. And when I 
when I last time I came, you just decleated a mug, retained the title. I'm like, I know I'm good for the fights. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> I, I'm good for the fights. We two and zero when I'm there. You know what I mean? So hey, you know, it's all hey. love. But uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I want to. You know me, man. We're big drip out here. We come through, but you come to a fight, boy. You suited. Head to toe, like you coming in dapper, boy. And, and, and he and he dancing on him too. Doom, doom, That's doom, what I'm saying. Like with some lights, you know what I mean? I need to know doom, when did that start? Like 2018, since I knew knew you was a dog like that. You started fighting in what, like 2015? Hey, like man. when did you start coming to that thing proper? Right? You always been like that. My thing is, I always wanted to dress for success. Like I'm a feel good, you know, I'm a look good, feel good, fight good type of person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, early on in my career, early. You know, you ain't really had a bankroll to be able to look the best, look the way you wanted to. But once I got to that point to where I could invest in looking a certain way that I wanted to, it was just something you had to do it. Because mm -hmm. this is not just, I uh, just show up and fight, you know. This is a sport. And at the end of the day, I'm an entertainer. I have to be able to show up, let them know that I'm dressed for business. I'm going to take care of business. And I'm I'm gonna go look good, look fly afterwards. Yeah, you know. So yeah. once I got the bankroll right, I yeah. was able to to be able to to dress the way that I wanted to dress yeah. coming into those competitions. Yeah, Skrilla, heavy. Stop playing. I'll say, boy, you coming in with three, three, three piece, Danny. <gasps> like I'm coming uh, here to whoop your ass. Facts, I mean, facts. And the, and, the, and the question, like with me dancing, it's, it's one of those things like people don't understand how stressful our sport is because we make it look easy. You know, we go out there, we compete, and everyone's like, ah, some people be on. And I'll be doing it too myself. I'll be on TV watching. I'm like, I could do that. But then I'm like, yo, you tripping. You forgetting what these dudes really go through. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's a certain level of stress that we go through in that sport. And for me, while I'm going through it, while I'm doing my thing, me dancing and music is something that I love so much. So when a song comes on, it takes me away from all of it, the tension and the anxiety once I'm dancing, once I'm feeling I'm fully engulfed in the music. Y'all don't know, man. My dog on the intros, he be coming out that thing. <laughs> Turn it out. Uh, it be really, really out there jigging. Digging, you know what I mean? It be really ripping, yeah. though. My dog be having, you know, the African music with the bongos going. I had to, I had to uh, Shazam that track. You know what I mean? I was like... <laughs> I had to listen to it in the whip one time. I'm like, every time I hear it now, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the champ walkout music right there. You know what I mean? Man, right. that's, hey, he, he legit with it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Big dog. You know, we. I'm a big gamer. I like the Call of Duty. I do fool with the UFC. I do love the UFC. I got to get back on it now that my dog's the champ. But your ranking, dog. Four and a half out of five for the best pound for pound fighter? It, it better not be no five out of fives. EA Sports. It better be the highest rated or I'm going to just boycott, all right? But we got an overall four and a half out of five. Striking four? You got to upgrade that. You just seen him walk through a man's face. Who, I'll say, who we got to call? We got to call Chad Ocho Cinco for that? No, he, 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 he mad. He's the mad oh, adjuster. We, oh. we, need, we need somebody to go ahead. Who I got to call? We're going we uh, to talk to him. We're going to talk to him, too. You know? Vitor right. Belfort or somebody who I need to call. <laughs> nah, but, it, you know, that's I don't think they updated him yet. They can't have. It's not because, possible. We got striking that, at four, grapple yeah. at four and a half, which that is no way possible. If you've seen the curb stomps and shoulder stomps that he done put on people. And health five. Health five. I, I, I argue the health because I know him personally. And he done been whooping y'all tail 
with stuff bothering him. <laughs> I talked to him before Yo. every fight. Man, like, so, really, so really that five is a five and a half. He out Yo. the frame with no, the No, no, the five is like a three and a half, but he be looking like five. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I talked to him. He, I'm like, yo, how you feeling? The fight coming up. He's like, yeah, man, I broke my hand, man, sparring the other day, but I'm good, man. Yeah. It's, it's okay. I'm good. Uh, I don't know when that was, but it happened sometime. He's like, yeah, my uh, knee yeah, is... Yeah. This this last fight I broke, this finger right here, I broke the bone in that, straight through, separated it two weeks before the fight. But those, those gotta be the older ratings because, you know, now recently, you know, we... Oh, yo, yo, stop playing with him. Yeah, five star now, you know. We One, two, out three, here. Oh, oh, Y'all need to update the, the status. Yo, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm play, talking about. Go play Danny. I might look, that might be the only chain I ever rock. I ever catch one of them 99 daddies, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, what you got? Yeah. <laughs> Big chain status. Right. I need to know, uh. Since you a dancer and a, and a vibe king, what's on the fight day playlist? Because I know you be having little mama in the back seat. You know what I mean? Pr Miss Pretty, yeah. my baby girl, she be back there jigging. But what's on the fight day playlist, man? Because I yeah, know you man. be jigging. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Like, and that's the thing is, I just I'm, I'm big on energy. So fight day, it it rains. I got a pretty wide range of music. I might be in the jazz, you know, depending on how how crazy my mind is running. And some days I might be into the, the Latin Spanish music, you know. Oh, that Soko, that boy out there. Oh, that, yeah, yeah or, or or the Afro. I'm heavy on the Afro beat, you know. Nigeria is, you know, the, the place for Afro beat, you know. So I'm heavy on it. So it just depends on my mood, you know. I might, I might be, I might be. That boy be having real. the techno vibes. I be, Facts. I be, hey, he, he be in the car, he be in the car vibe, and I be listening to the tunes, bro. Yeah. He always be so vibe. I might, I might be feeling that, or you know, little baby, I might need that little baby money bag, yo. Ooh. If I'm feeling, if I'm feeling money you know, bag, if I'm feeling gritty and grimy, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go. Feeling, feeling like running yeah. barefoot, like back in that when you was yeah, eight, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> going back home, <laughs> yeah, yeah, real nasty trap like, yeah. you know what I mean? I might be feeling real hood and trap with it, but. <laughs> You know, it varies, you yeah, know, but I'm a big energy guy and I just let my energy take me to a comfortable place. Yeah. Well, man, we blessed, man. We impressed by the best. I got my dog, my brother from another, Cam Jordan with me. You know, that's my dog, man. What's understood ain't got to be explained, so I ain't even going to try. You know what I'm talking about? But then I got my brother. What's also understood ain't need to be explained, but I'm going to explain because <laughs> that's what I'm going to do to y'all. You know, I'm going to explain. He the pound for pound, best fighter in the world, mm. champion of the world, not just the city, mm. the world, champ the of world. the world. Then defending this title, going to keep defending this title. Hey. You can hate, you can debate with whoever you want. Debate your mama, but my dog's the pound for pound best doing it. Mm. You got something to say, come see me. I really am about that, especially about my people, especially about my folks. And yeah. that's on the trust. And that's on the trust on the levels. And that's the big trust levels with my dog, Kumaro Usman, blessing us with his presence on the pod. So we appreciate it. We, we love you. So hold it down and keep training yeah. and keep elevating and keep doing your thing, my dog. And we love still. you. And yeah. still. Uh, and still. Uh, and go stay. And still. Appreciate y'all, my brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate yes, sir. My dog. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate love you, man.
Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? We would like to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave us a review and rate five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a big, big Trust Levels episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Trust Levels and at the Players Tribune to view all exclusive Trust Levels content. Thanks again and much love to all our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune dot com.